This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit has something for you today if you will uh, accept it and open yourself to it and, and say, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I know that Brian's up there and he's kind of in a weird mood, but Lord, I just thank you that you're going to help me to receive something even though this guy's a little bit goofy and a little bit crazy. And uh, you guys you guys with me on that? You guys have faith for that? How many of you guys got your notes? You guys pick up some notes as you were walking in? Good, good. About 50%, 45% of you. 45% of you guys are going to learn something and retain something amen <laughs> it's all good we can laugh we can have fun in church okay our you know our heavenly father is not sitting in heavens you know and he's not stoic and, and and not not you know he wants to have fun life's fun life should be fun amen so let's pray over this uh, this word today and then we'll get into it and, uh, and then you guys can go get your picture taken and support the team that you want i love all these kc fans man they're just like man i don't know what the odds are i'm not a betting person or a gambling person but uh, the odds aren't good for kc but uh, you know i just saw it i saw it on a website when i was doing some research no i wasn't researching the bet never mind let's pray father we just come before you today. We just thank you, Father God, for this time that we have to come together as a family, Lord, just as a spiritual family and come and look at your word, Father God. We know, Lord, that uh, it's light, it's life, it is everything, Father God, to us. And so, Father, I just pray that as we, as we look at, at the scripture, Father God, I just pray that you would help us to see that which we, we need to see. Help us to grow, help us to change, help us to be transformed, Father God, and, 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 and bring us to a, a, a state of perfection that you desired for us as a believer, a mature believer. And we just thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on. You guys are all going to be cheering at the TV here in a, little, you know, in a few hours. You're going to be making all kinds of noise. So I expect you guys to make some noise this morning. There you go. Okay. Well, I want to I talk to you guys today about pressing for what really matters. That we have to press for what matters. You know, these teams, these two t- football teams that are getting ready to, to compete tonight, whether you know what the odds are or not, or whether you've placed a bet or not, which is another topic. We will not discuss that right now. You know, uh, they, are wor- they have worked really, really hard to get to this point. And so I, I've, I've walked around this morning. Some people don't even really care, but you just got to go with me on this because there's, there's a whole world out there that absolutely loves what's taking place tonight, and, and they're celebrating it. I mean, you should have seen Tim Hoskins stand up when I said, are you a Chiefs fan? I mean, this guy flexed every muscle. I mean, he's intense. He is ready for this game. And uh, there's a whole bunch of people on both sides, on both teams that are very, very intense about this. They, they want to win. They want to compete. And everything that they are doing, guys, everything that they are doing is to win and, and to, to become champions of the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you think about it, the, the offensive coordinators, the defensive, all these coaches, they are spending hours, countless hours studying, looking, seeing what they can change. I mean, right down to the water boys. I, I guarantee you, these guys, they got their A game. They got their best water bottle. They got their best concoction of water. They are ready for the game. They've stretched their arm. They're ready to squirt everything, right? They're not gonna come, you know, the water boy is not gonna show up with like a half a bottle of water, right? He's not gonna show up with milk, right? He would lose his job. 
right? I mean, you know, it's, it's so these people are intense. They are serious. Why? Because they want to win this game. They want to be the champion. And they are serious about what it is that's, that's taking place. They're pressing for a goal. They're pressing to win a prize. Why? Because they want the accolades. They want the prestige. I think I read one spot there. Every player that wins gets $158,000. Is that right? Does anybody else know if that's right? It's real, real close. So I mean, like, they, they want the prestige, they want the ring, they want to be counted, what, as, as the champion. And they want to be, they're, so they're pressing for that. And just as these, these, these players and these teams are pressing for the win, they're pressing for what it is that they set out at the beginning of the season and at the beginning of their life to do is to be a Super Bowl champion and be the star MVP. You know, the same thing is true with us as believers. God has called us to press for a goal, to press for what really matters. So I want you to say it with me. Say it with me. I press for what really matters. Come on, say it again. I press for what really matters. All right. So let's look here in Philippians 3. This is, we're going to be in the chapter, uh, uh, third chapter of Philippians today, just looking at, at what Paul said. He, he talked about this idea of pressing for what really matters. So look what he says here in uh, three, uh, chapter 3, verse 14. Paul wrote, it was really about his life's purpose, and he said this, I press on to reach to the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so what you have to understand here is Paul is saying, listen, I am pressing for the prize, this heavenly prize. And, and so when we define and we look up this definition of press, it says to run swiftly to catch or to run to reach a goal or to seek eagerly for something, earnestly endeavoring to inquire, acquire. And so my question today is to get things started, what are you pressing for. Now, some of you, I know, you're like, nothing, man. I don't like running. I don't like exerting any amount of energy. I just want to sit on the couch and watch this game. So I'm not pressing for any, about the only thing you did was press the button on the smoker to make sure that, that, that you know, the thing starts up and does what it is that it needs to do. So some people, they're not pressing for a whole lot because they don't want to exert the energy. They don't want to exert the effort. They don't want to, want to, uh, to do that. So, you know, but the other side of it is, is that, if you really think about it, right, <clears throat> some of us are pressing. We're pressing for approval. Some of us are pressing for friendship. Some of us are pressing for success in a business, right? Some of us, man, the, the marriage isn't going well, and so we've ex we're exerting more pressure to the marriage so, so that to, to bring better to it. And, and so we are focused on that and we are pressing for something. It, it could be money. It could be for, you know, you're setting yourself up for retirement. So everything you're doing is pressing towards that goal. And, and so you've, you've cut things off. Maybe there's something that you're saving for. And so you're pressing for what you want to accomplish. You're pressing for the goal. And all of those things are fine, but I think that sometimes you, you, have, to, you have to think about it in the, in the mindset, am I really pressing for what matters? 
Is my life and what it is that I get up every day and I, and I press for, is that really what matters? And, and I think what you're going to find here, you're going to see in the life of Paul that, that he, he found himself in, in different times of his life pressing for what didn't matter. And so, you know, my prayer t- for you today is, is to just to kind of do the, an, an internal inventory in your life. You know, and, and I'm not saying that the things the, that we shouldn't have goals, I'm not saying that we shouldn't press for, you know, some of these other things, but my, my, my idea is, is are you putting that higher than what it is that you really should be or what it is that really what Paul talked about is really the most, the highest prize, which is this heavenly prize that, that we will see more about here as we go. And so, you know, is what you're pressing for what really matters the most? You know, in Philippians 3, as we look at this, you need to understand that that the book of Philippians was, it was probably uh, the church that uh, Paul was the closest to. And some, some people talk about, and, and when you read after some of the different uh, theologians, they talk about that, that Paul and the Philippian church just had a really personal connection. For, uh, the, the church at Philippi, they took care of him uh, at different times in Paul's ministry where he needed financial assistance. And man, they just came through in a big way. And so when you read the letter of Philippians, it's really just, a really personal letter where Paul's just saying, listen, guys, I love you so much. Like if you, you look at some of the chapters, he starts out, he says, I love you and I care about you. And so, so you can see that this, there's this real heart in Paul to, to get something across to these people. And so, um, but what you also have to understand is, is that Philippians was written, some say, a couple years before, or I'm sorry, a couple years before uh, Paul passed away. So here's Paul, I mean, think about it. He is in a jail writing a letter to a church that he loves very, very, very much, but he's like a couple years, like he's lived his life. He's done all of these things. He's started churches. He's, he's, he's ministered to people. He's done all of these things and he's getting towards the end of his life and he's writing what it is that we're about to read, what it is that we're about to study. And, and when I think about that, you know, it's just like, to me, it's, it's mind blowing some of the things that, that the, the, the revelation that he's trying to get these younger believers and these people at Philippi to understand is that, listen, man, I, I'm, I'm at the end of my life, but man, I am still pressing for the price. I'm still pressing for the goal. And so it doesn't matter where we're at. I mean, you could be a teenager, you could be a student, you could be older, you know, in life, I won't name any numbers, but man, you have to continue to press for what it is, that prize of the high calling of God that he has for you and for me, amen? And so Philippians 3, we're gonna pick this up here and, and we're just gonna look at, look at what it is that he talks about. And if you look at the beginning of this chapter, there's just some, some interesting things that precede what it is that he talks about when he says that we need to press for what's matter, what matters most. And so I wanna, I wanna bring these to light. It's found here in Philippians uh, chapter three, verse two. It says, watch out for dogs. Those people who, who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved, uh, they rely, we rely on, on Christ and for what it is that he has done for us. 
We put no confidence in human effort. It goes on, it says, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own effort, I have even more. And then if you skip down to verse seven, it says, I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. And so to, to start off, I want to just answer this question of what, what, what doesn't really matter? You know, because in this quest to say, okay, well, we're, if we're going to press for what matters, we need to decide and we need to look at what Paul said about what doesn't matter, right? And so the first one that I kind of see here is in verse two, where he says, watch out for barking dogs, barking dogs. How many of you guys have a barking dog in your life? Paul said, watch out for barking dogs. You know, when I think about this idea of barking dogs, what he was referring to was, is he was referring to these evil, uh, these evil, they were really religious Judaizers who basically were they were trying to keep the law in order to be saved. And so they were about all the rules and the regulations, and they were very, very judgmental of everybody else around them. And if you weren't doing that, then you wouldn't be saved. And so that's really what Paul was doing was he was coming against these people that were, that were uh, that really just religious, prideful, thought, thought so highly of themselves and, and wanted to judge other people. And he called, Paul called them uh, evil. And, and, and so they were really just people that had spiritual pride in their lives. And so, you know, that you may not have a Judaizer in your life, but, but what, are, what are the barking dogs in your life? I brought a picture of one of the barking dogs in my life, and the picture is right there. Now listen, don't even, don't even say, aw. Okay, yeah, Ollie is cute. But I mean to tell you, I put, this, I put this, this point in my message like probably four days ago, and I'm not kidding you, in the last 48 hours, that dog has barked more in the last 48 hours than its whole life. I thought to myself, I should not have put that point in my message because I am being tried and I am being tested by, by my heavenly father with a barking dog. I'm, I'm downstairs, I'm trying to like concentrate and read and pray and study my notes, and that dog is up there, and I'm I mean, if it wasn't so cute, <sighs> strangle it. <laughs> so, okay, take the picture of Ollie down there. Totally distracted, Jim. Come on, take it down. What are the barking dogs in your life? What are the things that, that are annoying? What are the things that are distractive? What are the things that are just like, they just, they don't seem like they'll go away. It's like, put the bark collar on the dog. That's all, I, that's all Emily heard yesterday. And, and so what are those barking dogs in your life? Maybe it's, they're loud, they're annoying. You know, some of the things that I came up with was like insecurity. You know, in our lives, when we deal with insecurity, it's, it's you know, it's not an external barking dog that's annoying and, and all that, but it's internal. And it's like insecurity where, where, where your life is concerned and what it is that you know God is calling you to do and where it is that he's calling you to go. But there's something inside of you. There's, there's this barking dog. It's like, you can't do that. There's no way you can do that. Why would you ever think that you could do that? You know, you've done this and you've done this and you've failed here. And, you, and, and so what happens is, is that there's this barking dog of insecurity in your life that holds you back. And it keeps you from doing all that God has 
has in store for you. He's wanting you to do great things, but it's this insecurity that, that just keeps nagging, just keeps you know uh, 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 this noise in your life where it's hard to overcome it. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's you know that that you've believed for something and God didn't come through. And so you, you, you have these questions in your mind that, that cause, you know, maybe the, there was something that happened here and something that happened here that builds this barking dog of doubt in your life. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's, it's a lie. I mean, I've, I've told you guys for years, the, the, uh, the enemy lied to me about my speaking ability and what it is that I, that I couldn't do. I failed one time. And so for years, this barking dog just barked like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You don't stand up there. Don't do this. Don't accept that. Just tell him no. Just, just stay in the background. And it was this barking dog mentality in my life that, that distracted me, right? And, and that's what Paul's talking about is, is that the, what really doesn't matter is, is this barking dog, the barking dogs of our life, the fear, the insecurity, the doubt, the lies. Those things do not matter. But what happens? It's just like Ollie, man. I mean, when that dog barks, all the attention goes to the dog, right? And the same thing is true internally in our lives. When there is a barking dog internally in your life, all the attention, all of what you press for goes to that. Or you could take it a step further and you could say, you don't press for what it is that you should be pressing for because your attention is on that one thing. And so you just have to make this determination that he's, you know what, like, listen, you know, you have to, you, you need to go to the scriptures and you need to find the scriptures that apply to the fear. Find the scriptures that apply to the doubt. Find the scriptures that apply to whatever it is that the enemy is trying to sell you and say, no, we're not doing that. This doesn't matter anymore. And it doesn't matter because of what the word of God says to me. And so, so number one, we can't, uh, uh, what really doesn't matter is barking dogs. And so number two is found here in verse three. It says to put no confidence in human effort. Put no confidence in human effort. And number two is self-reliance. So you got this external, the external things of life that are distracting. And, and when it comes to self-reliance, that's kind of an internal thing, you know, that, that, that you think more highly of yourself than you should. It's, it's really prideful. Um, he goes on to say here in verse four, this isn't in your notes or on the screen, but it says, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. So here's Paul. Paul's like, listen, number one, don't put up with barking dogs. They don't matter. Number two, don't have self-confidence in, in what it is that you think that you can do. Paul went on to say, to even say to him, to say, listen, I, if anybody could do it, if anybody could be self-confident, I could do it. But he said, don't do it. He said, it's, 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 it does not matter. It, it's not going to, to bring you to the place. It's going to distract you from that prize. I, I like what Proverbs 14, 12 says. It says that, that a way seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. And so when we have this idea that it's self-relying, we're self-relying on ourselves, we, we, we are just going down our own way doing our own thing and Proverbs says that it leads to death and so so number two we cannot be and, and we, we can't be self-reliant number three is found in verse four and it says though I could have had confidence in my own effort if anyone could if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts I have even more and that's number three and that's your accomplishments Paul had an impressive list 
I mean, like when you look at, look at his life, it's like this guy, he was born, you know, in the right family. He was educated. He was, you know, everything. He had money. He had prestige. He had all of these things going for him. Like this guy wrote 14 of 27 books of the Bible, of, of the New Testament, right? He started 20 churches, 20 churches in a time when there was no technology, you know, I mean, like this guy had it going on, but, but he, here he is. He's saying, listen, don't, do, don't, don't, don't be putting any, any, uh, anything into, uh, into your accomplishments because, because that is not what this is all about. That's not what this is, uh, you know, it's not what we're pressing for. And so um, we have to base what it is that we're doing on what really matters. What really matters? What is the goal? Paul realized, and, and, and what's really cool about this is, is that I, as you read it, it's like he, he, you can see he's just opening up this revelation that he's like, listen, man, for a long time, I, I was distracted. I was distracted by the dogs. I was distracted by myself, you know, my own pride. I was distracted by my own accomplishments. But, but he, he got something was revealed to him, and it's found right here in Philippians 3, 7. It says that I once thought that these things were valuable. So my question to you guys today is, is that what do you think is valuable? Because if you will answer that question in your own life, what you think is valuable, it, it will determine, it'll help you determine what it is that you're really pressing for. And, and, and what Paul is showing us is, is that, listen, I thought they were. And there's a lot of things in life where it's like we go through life and we think that's important, but in reality, it's not. And, and Paul came to the realization that he's like, listen, I thought that they, uh, these things were important, but they really are not. Well, look what it goes on to say. It says, but now I consider them worthless because of what it is that Christ has done. And so, you know, what do you think is valuable? What is it that you think you have to have? What is it that you think that, that you deserve? What is it that you're working for that you think you got coming to you, you know, and so you place the value on that? Does it really matter? I don't know. Paul says, Man, I tried that. I went down that road and it does not matter. And so we, he considered them worthless. And like so many people, I think, like, like so many believers, like Paul, Paul was deceived. He chased these things. And I think that sometimes as believers, we'll, we get into to that, that thing where we are chasing what really doesn't matter. And, and it's at the expense of what really matters. And that is knowing Christ. That is the prize of the high calling. And so we spend year after year, week after, you know, all of this time chasing what doesn't matter. I don't want to get to the end of my life. I don't want to stand before my heavenly father. And he's like, man, you, you wasted, you know, a third of your life chasing what didn't matter. And, and, and so Paul's trying to get this across to the Philippian church. Like, listen, 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 don't, don't chase these things. They don't matter. And, and you got, and, and I think it's tough though, man, because it's like he counted them worthless. And it's like, so, so Paul's like saying, okay, so what you're saying is I got to count my job worthless. I got to count all these things worthless. Like they don't matter. That's what he was trying to get across that compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ, none of it matters. But what he was trying to do, I think, is that he was trying to get these people to realize that if they will just focus on what really matters, all of the other stuff will take care of itself. Probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Matthew 6, If you seek first the kingdom of God, all the other things will be added unto you. 
You know, they'll all take care of, of themselves. Because why? Because man, God honors our life. When we honor him in our life, when we honor him with our strength and with our energy and with our passion and with our money and, and our family and all of these things, he will, he'll take care of those things. He'll bless those things. He'll bring blessing and provision. His hand will bring, be on him. He'll bring strength to your life. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. But a lot of times it's like we're, 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 we're pressing for what we think matters. We're pressing for, for more, more strength. We're pressing for more money. We're pressing in our own energy for these things that we think are, will make our lives better. When in reality, it's like if we would just stop and focus on what really matters, the other things would take care of themselves. And he would, he would he'd pour into us and help us and, sh- and open up doors that we can't open. And so it's just this idea that I believe that Paul, man, he's just trying, he's trying with everything that's within him to say, listen, listen, it's, it's, it's worthless compared to what the prize, to, compared to knowing him. So what really matters? Paul says here in verse eight, I kind of got ahead of myself there, but he, he says here, yes, everything is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. The infinite value of knowing Christ. And so in your notes, knowing Jesus is what really matters. Knowing Jesus is what really matters. Nothing else matters. Knowing Christ. You know, and, and I, when I think about knowing Christ, sometimes we'll say, hey, do you know, I, somebody said this to me this week, do you know so-and-so? And, and so they say their last name, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's ringing a bell, right? I think I, think I do know him. <laughs> I don't know if I know him. How many of you guys have ever done that? Somebody says, yeah, do you know so-and-so? And sometimes we do. It's like, yeah, I know him. I know him by face. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know him. I think sometimes as believers, that's kind of the way we are. It's like, I kind of so-and-so. I, I kind of so-and-so know Jesus. I, 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 I've heard about him. I met him once. I, I walked to the altar and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, but that was really the last time that I, that I, that I, I've been with him, but th- but then I, that was that other time we had that conference it was really good and man the presence of God was there and and I just got to know him a little bit more. But then I I walked away. You guys following me? You know, so there's these stages. It's like okay, I kind of know him so and so. I've heard about him. I've met him. You know, or are you the person that's like man? I, I meet with him every day. My life is dependent on meeting him with every every day. And I, I want to know him more. That is, my, that is what I strive for. That is what I get up and I know that if I don't do that, the rest of the day in my life does not go the way that it should. That's where we need to be. That's where our attitude, and it's not, it's not to get something. It's not so that he makes the day better. He's our, he was the one that produced us. He's the one that made us and formed us and shaped us. His, his, his purpose, his plan, everything is, is in him for your life. You will find what it is that you need in him. Every question that you have is found in him. And so Paul's just saying, listen, forget about all that other stuff. Stop trying to find the answer in all of the other stuff. I'll give you what you need if you will just come to me. I will pour out what you need. I will minister you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. That's what he wants to do for us when we know him because that is all that matters. You know, if you read this, listen, guys, if you go home and you read Philippians 3, 10, and 11 and just meditate on those those two verses because what it says here, and I don't want to get real deep on it, but it says to suffer with him. It says that Paul suffered with him. He wanted, he wanted this. He wanted to suffer with Christ. I don't know of a person in here, suffer? I don't want to suffer, right? It's like, 
you know, I don't want to suffer, so I'm not going to run three miles. I, I would be suffering, you know, or I don't want to, I don't want to have that pain. So we avoid suffering with everything that's within, within us, right? If we have to go without a meal for two, two meals, three meals, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I'm going to die. I'm suffering. I'm going to die, right? My, my son does that sometimes. He's eight years old. Like if he misses a meal and he's like, he's starting to, he's like, I'm going to die. I'm like, really? Are you going to die? I don't think you're going to die, right? He's suffering. We don't like that. But here's Paul. He's saying to suffer with him, to share in his death. And not only that, experience his resurrection. His whole life was, was he wanted to know every aspect of Jesus. He wanted to know what, what, what caused pain in Jesus's heart. He wanted to know what, what it was like to experience life and freedom that, that Jesus came to pay for. So there was this depth that, that of knowing it. And, and, and the only way that I know how to explain it is like, you know, if you're married, you know that other person. You know what hurts them. You know what shows they like. You know what they like to eat. You know, you know, and, and so in a natural sense, you know them. You know, no, they do not like that. Do not do that. Don't say that. Don't talk about that, right? Why? Because you know them. Right, as a husband, it's like, okay, we don't go there, we don't go there, we don't like, she doesn't like, we're not buying that, right? I bought that one time, that was not good, right? You know, you know them. Wives, you know your husband, you know that they like this, you like this, and if they, their socks don't get folded the right way and they don't get, you know, you know all that. Nobody's laughing. But you know them, you know them intimately, you know everything about them. And that's what Paul's saying, like, my whole life, Everything that's within me, every single day. Here he is, two years, approximately two years from getting, you know, going on to be with Jesus. He's at the end of his life in a prison. And he's like, man, every single day, all I care about, my primary goal, I'm pressing for the prize to know him. What? It's crazy, guys. Think about it. Think about it. He's lived his life and he's saying, man, I have not arrived. I'm getting way ahead of myself. He's like, I, I, don't, I haven't even attained it all. I haven't even done it all. I, don't even, I haven't even experienced it all. But he, he was pressing every single day. He did not stop. He was not done. He wasn't saying, like, he, like if I was in a jail, I mean, honestly, if I was in a jail, I'd be like, I'd really have a bad attitude. Let's just be honest, okay? I'm not a real positive person if I'm in jail, right? I'd be like, man, I guess, well, I guess it's over. You know, I'd be, I'd be just like, oh, well, okay, you know. Actually, I might be trying to figure out a way out of the, the jail, you know, MacGyver style or something like that. But he didn't. He's like, man, I'm not done. I'm in this jail. I'm writing a letter to this church, and it's not over. I'm going to continue to know him. And so that's what we got to do. We got we to go all the way in what it is that we are knowing him, knowing who he is, being like him. And not only that, taking it a step further and, and, and allowing him to show us who he wants us to be, the plan that he has, the purpose that he has, because it's wrapped up in him. And so you know, I, I think about this one thing, you know, this, this, this idea that Paul had. The same thing is true, and you guys all know the story of Mary and Martha. You know, when Jesus came to their house, and Martha, man, she was all consumed with, with the things that didn't matter, right? She was consumed with how the house looked, and how it smelled, and, and was, was the bread burning, and all of these different things she was consumed with, while her sister sat at Jesus' feet and listened, right? 
And then she took it a step further and she's complaining to Jesus. It's like, Jesus, do you not care that Mary is sitting here doing nothing? And here I am, concerned and pressing for all the things that don't matter. That's what she should have said. That's what Jesus said to her. He said, you're, you're concerned and worried and pressing for all of the things that don't matter. Mary has chosen the one thing and it will not be withheld from her, right? The same thing is true in our lives. We can't be pressing for what doesn't matter. Let's press for what matters, amen? So what is one thing that really matters to you? Is it Jesus? Could you count everything in your life as worthless compared to knowing him? Or are you like Martha, troubled, concerned, and busy with everything else in life that you think matters? Just a question. We need to be like Paul, willing to give it all up for what really matters. So, all about the application, right? We did not come here to to not apply what it is that we know, right? So how is it? How is it that we press for what it is that really matters? I am so glad that you asked. Let's look here at Philippians 3.10. This is the first one. This is in the Amplified Bible. You know, this is the, the, I I like to say that this is the female version of the Bible because it's super wordy, right? Has all these words that explain and adjectives. If you, if, I shouldn't have said that. That was terrible. I apologize. Forgive me. Hey, it's coming in a clutch right here, right? All right, Philippians 3.10. For my determined purpose is that I may know him and that I may progressively, listen to these adjectives. These, these, these adjectives are amazing. Progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Listen, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. Yes, strongly and more clearly that I may in some way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Man, that's good. So good. So number one in your notes, the number one step that Paul took and that we can take is we have to determine purpose. He determined his purpose. He's like, man, none of it matters. None of it matters. And I am sitting in a jail. I am old and it doesn't matter. All that matters is knowing him and fulfilling what it is that he's called me to do, go where it is that he's called me to go, be with the people that he's called me to be with, minister, speak, help, encourage. That's what he did. He determined his purpose. And the same thing is true for you and I. We have to recognize and understand. We have to to desire this, guys. We have to desire and to recognize and understand and, and, and more strongly and more clearly understand him each and every day each and every day it's like Lord I just pray that you continue to just open up my eyes help me to see I know I know personally I'm a human okay there are days where it's like your prayer is just like just like oh man this is difficult man you just gotta you gotta have some discipline these guys that are getting ready to get on the field they are disciplined individuals they have a regiment they do, do this 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 they eat this way they walk they 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 work out they run they do all of these things why so that they can attain the prize and the same thing is true in our lives man the flesh does not want to to do the will of god the flesh does not want to to he, it wants its own way it wants what it wants And so we as a believer, as a spirit being who is made by our loving heavenly father, we have to push this flesh down. We have to say, nope, 
This is what we're doing. We want to know him, and we're going to push into this. God, I'm expecting you. And man, I mean, just he will honor it. He'll, he'll begin to pour out. You, but you got you to gotta say it. You got to say, hey, Lord, I need your help here. I, I'm, I'm really tired today. My goodness, I'm tired. He's okay with that. Lord, help me. Strengthen me. I'm going to spend some time in your word, and I just ask you to enlighten me. Help me to see what I need to see, because I want to know you more. That's my determined purpose, and he will. And so, you know, King Solomon said it this way, where there is no purpose, there's no self-control or moral conviction or no ethical boundary. I'll tell you what, when you have a purpose of pressing for him, all of, this, all of these things, the discipline, the, the moral eth- ethics of life, they will fix themselves because when you spend time with him, you'll begin to know what's right and wrong, what you should and shouldn't be doing, what will bring blessing and what will bring curse. You'll find it all out. As you spend time with him, he'll begin to open up your eyes and he'll help you to see what it is that you are. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when my kids were little, they always, we'd walk by, walking out of Walmart. It's like they always wanted to ride the little horsey, the horsey thing that went around. You guys remember those? They used to be a quarter. I don't know if they're a dollar now. It doesn't matter. So I was like, all right, fine. You know, you're looking for a quarter and you stick the thing in there and you throw the kid on there. And it's just like, they're just going around and around and around. I think that's what a lot of people do. They're chasing what, what they want, what they think really matters. And it's like that Walmart thing. They're just going around and around year after year after year. They're not going anywhere. But man, I mean to tell you, when, when, when you are on his side and you're on in his will, he will take you to places that you never dreamt possible. I don't want to be on some little, little merry-go-round. I want to be on his train and going where he wants me to go. Amen? And so we have, to ha- we have to determine purpose, determine that our purpose in life is to reach the goal, to reach the prize, and that is to know him. And so number two is in verse 12. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved and that this is, um, that I've already reached perfection. You know, and when you read perfection, or when I read perfection, when I first read this, he's, he's a slide, a ste- uh, slide ahead of me, a step ahead, slide a step, whatever you want to say. You know, when you read this verse of scripture in verse 12, that I have already attained these things, that I have already reached perfection, I think sometimes we think, okay, well, here's Paul. He's saying I'm not perfect. And so we say, well, I'm just, I'm just not perfect, right? Which, which when you read the context of, of Philippians 3, this is talking about spiritual maturity. It is actually talking about a, a, a perfection of spiritual maturity in our lives. You know, a lot of times when we think about perfection, it's like if, we, if we've made any mistakes, we have any problems, then, then we're not perfect. And I've told you guys before, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm kind of a perfectionist, and so we have a tendency to, to go negative on it. And God is saying, listen, I, I, am, I am doing a work in your life. I am, if you will strive for spiritual growth, strive for spiritual completeness, strive to grow, then I will create and I will mold and I will shape and I will form you. You know, and as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my daughter. She loves, uh, she loves pottery and uh, she's really, really good at pottery. And uh, these are just some of her pieces, but... Uh, I was thinking about these pots in particular because these pots, there's, she's got a shelf down in the basement and, there's, and, and they are unfinished. And what I was thinking about was I was thinking that as believers, a lot of times we, we live life and we go a certain distance with God and then we kind of stop. 
You know, we kind of get, we kind of put ourselves on the shelf and we say, well, this is, I guess, what God wants. And, 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 and so this, she told me very, very clearly, she's like, dad, that is an unfinished pot. It will chip very easily. If you get it wet, it will melt, right? And, and so I was like, okay. You know, so I'm carrying it very, very carefully in here, trying not to spit on it right now. But my point is, is that, you know, look at, look at, I mean, there's some, some amazing, it's some amazing work. You know, the Bible says that, that we are the clay and he is the potter, right? He's, he's molding us and shaping us and forming us. He wants to, you know, put, you know, things in our lives. He wants to, well, so many ladies, he wants to paint flowers on you. Some of the guys might have tattoo flowers. I don't know. He wants to do amazing things. He wants to form you and shape you. But what happens sometimes is we just kind of put our life on the, sh on the shelf and we, we say, you know what, I'm gonna go do this and I'm gonna do this thing because of some preconceived ideas and, and our, our, our press is not for to know God. And when we don't press to know God, what, what happens is, is we, we kind of take the artist that God is out of our life, his ability to produce and create things in our lives, right? And so, so like for this, this needs to be fired. It, it, and it needs to be, you know, and, and we don't like fire either, right? So, so it's like, I don't like pain. I don't like suffering. I don't like fire. But guess what? The, the Bible is very clear about the firing, the testing that produces things in our lives. It produces patience. It produces strength. It produces stuff in us. And so we need to be fired. This pot needs to be fired. And then there's a process that takes place after that where she gets, she gets her uh, uh, paintbrush out and she gets some, I don't know what it's called. What's that stuff called? Glaze. And she, she, she paints on this. I was going to bring one of my pots that I made. It's so much better than this, but that's, that's, that's my point. <laughs> I didn't want to be self-reliant and all those things. So, but after it's fired, then she begins to paint on it and she begins to create. She begins to make things, you know, create more things, make more beauty. That, that even if there's an imperfection, if there's a crack, if there's something that's in there, she, she can cover it up and she can make it beautiful and she can make it amazing. You know, in, in, I think it's in China, they have a certain type of pottery where they'll break this and then they'll make, they'll make, they'll use gold to like bring it back together and it's just some, some amazing pottery. But my point is, is that if we don't press for what really matters, we, we kind of set our life on the shelf of life. And, 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 and our heavenly father cannot begin, he can't continue to work and, and he can't continue to help us and show us and shape us and form us and, 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 and create beautiful things in our lives. He can't get us to the end and, and really that's a process that never really ends, you know, but you know, as it said here, you know, when it comes to perfection, it's, it's actually a Greek word called teleos, which means to perfect, to mature, or to fully grow. And that's really what he wants from us, spiritually speaking, is not perfection, like that you got, all, got it all right. No, 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 you're missing it. He wants you to continue to mature, continue to develop, continue, the things that are a part of your life that need to be cut off and, and gotten rid of and sanded off, those things, you have to allow him to, to, to do that perfect work in your life as you know him more. And so Philippians 3, uh, 12, uh, 
2.12 says, continue the work of your salvation. Continue to work out your salvation. That is to cultivate, bring it to the full effect. Actively pursue spiritual maturity. Ephesians 4.12 says, or actually let's just go to 13. It says, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. And so, so I guess my point in this is, is that number two is we have to grow spiritually. We can never stop growing spiritually or grow spiritually, I think is what the notes say. Grow spiritually, like to know Christ and to grow spiritually. Each and every day, Lord, I need you to help me to grow. Why? Because we all know that, that anything that is not growing is what? Okay, come on, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And anything that's not growing is? Okay, one more time. Anything that's not growing is? Okay, that's better. And so we have to desire and, and want to grow spiritually because man, that is what he's wanting from us. He's wanting us to mature. He's wanting us to become mature. And when we do that, we reach unity in the faith. And so number three, verse 13, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Number three in your notes is forget the past and focus forward, focus forward. You know, of all of the people, you know, when we think about, when we think about Paul's life, it's an amazing thing. But of all of, of all the people, for those of you that don't know, Paul, before he got saved, I mean, this guy was a bad dude. He was, he was a big persecutor of believers, a big persecutor of, of the church and people. I mean, like at one point in Acts, I think it was Acts 7, he actually held the coats of the guys and he approved for, or, for them to stone Stephen to death. He stood there and watched it and approved it and held their coat. Now you can't tell me that, that someone that gives their heart to Christ goes on down the road of life, you can't tell me that that would not possibly be a barking dog in his life. That he remembered watching a man be stoned to death at his approval, that he approved it. And, and I think in our lives, it's like we think, in our, we think in our minds that the mistakes that we made, Paul's saying, listen man, you gotta forget it. And, and not only do you have to forget the mistakes that you've made and the shortcomings that you've, that you've had, you've got to forget the accomplishments because he accomplished all these things. That was what he was talking about also within this scripture was not just the mistakes, but man, I forget what it is that I've done. I forget what it is that I've accomplished. Why? Because if I stay at where I won, if I stay at my victory, I cannot be taken to more victory in my life. I cannot, I, I, I'm stuck. I, I, I basically stop my heavenly father from using me to step out because we park, we park, we're like, oh, okay, well, man, we, that was fun. That was a good time. No, we have to continue. Forget the past, focus forward. He said here in uh, 1 Corinthians, this is Paul, he said, I don't run aimlessly. One thing I do, I, I forget the past and I look for forward to the future. So we have to press, we have to run swiftly to catch, run to reach the goal, seek eagerly, earnestly endeavor to acquire. And so we determine, we determine our purpose, we grow spiritually, we for, forget the past, and then our key text, which is what we, we started with, Philippians 3.14, says that I press on to reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God has called me in, in, and is calling us. And so number four is we have to stretch for what matters. 
We have to stretch for what really matters. Because we've talked about it, we've kind of joked about it. Like, nobody likes to suffer, nobody likes pain, nobody likes to be fired or tested, you know? But uh, hey, listen, if you were to get any of these teams together and sit down and talk to them, they would, they would emphatically tell you, man, it was not easy. There were a lot of early mornings, there were a lot of late nights, there were a lot of pain, there was a lot of things that went into getting to this. Now, we won't bring up the fact that, that, that Kansas City had a ref that helped them in the last game, but, but that's beside the point. I had to say it. <laughs> but there's a lot that went into it. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I joke about that but here's the reality of it. There's not one of those Kansas City guys that are gonna go into that game today and they're not gonna be thinking about the last game that they played, the last, pl- the last game that was given to them. They're not gonna be thinking about that. Oh man, I, I, you guys checked out, didn't you? Listen, I'm almost done, I'm almost done. Then you guys, and then you guys can stone me, like Stephen, <laughs> with the love of the Lord. <laughs> They're not thinking about that. They're not thinking about them past victors. They are forgetting what is in the past. They're pressing for what is in the future. I I, I brought some pictures. The first one is this. Look at this one. Look at this. He's stretched out against opposition, giving it his all. I press for what really matters. Next one. He's reaching for the goal. I press for what really matters. Three, fellow believers are watching you give maximum effort as you press for what really matters. And then my favorite is this one. The ultimate sacrifice brings the ultimate victory when you press for what really matters. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today. Mm. You're so good to us. And Father, we know that Paul, Paul encouraged us. He, he exhorted us, man. He, with everything that was in him, Father, down to his last years of life, he was encouraging believers to press for what really matters. And so today, Father God, as we bring this service to a close, Father, as believers, we just do a, a self-evaluation in our own lives of what, how we're living life. And if we're not pressing for what really matters, Lord, I pray that you by the Holy Spirit would speak to each and every person in here about what it is that they are pressing for that they should not be pressing for. I pray that you would strengthen them and help them to to, to take the steps away from what it is that they're pressing for and, and begin to refocus, to focus forward in what it is and how it is that they're living. Father, we thank you for doing that. We thank you, Lord, that as we focus and press to know you, as we focus and press to live for you, as we focus and press, Lord, that you will, will, will pour out your love. You'll pour out your, your vision for our lives and all that you have in store for us. And I just thank you, Father God, that you're doing that in all of us as believers, Father. Because, Father, there is a great work that is at hand, and it it is through us, it is through us that you work, Father. And as we are being perfected, spiritually speaking, Father, you're able to work through us, Father, to reach people that need to be reached. And so, Father, I just thank you that you're helping us to press for what really matters. 
And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this place and you, you find yourself far from God, today is the day. This is, this is the most important time right here, right now. That's why every head bowed and every eye is closed because it's between you and your heavenly father. If you are far from God, today is the day to get back with him. To say, Brian, that is me. I have, I have not been pressing for what matters. I've been following my own way and doing my own thing, but today I wanna get back right with him. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I see that hand. I see that hand? Anybody else? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And if there's anybody in here that has not given their heart to Christ, if you're that person and you don't even know him, it's so important because it is, it is your eternal prize that as a believer, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will receive an eternal prize. And so today is the day that you get that promise to you. Is that you? If that's you and you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand and say, Brian, that's me. Is there anybody in here? Anybody at all? Okay. Well, Father, we just come before you. Father, we thank you, Father, for these two, Lord, that you saw that raised their hand to rededicate their life, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for, the, for your forgiveness. We thank you, Father, for your love, your compassion, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you're strengthening each of them, Father, with might. Father, so that as they leave and as they go, Father, they will continue to press for you in their life. And as they know you, that you will just open up the eyes of their understanding and help them to see, Father, what you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, we're gonna take this opportunity one more time here to just magnify God. That's what this song is about. It's talking about magnifying God. Listen, listen. Let's press for what really matters. Listen, lunch will be there when you get there. The Mexican restaurant will be there when you get there. The steakhouse or wherever it is that you eat, the sandwich that you have in the refrigerator that's cold, it'll be there. But man, let's take this opportunity to worship God right now with everything that's within us. Like these, the, this guy that's up here, man, we're pressing for what really matters and that is him. That is knowing him, that's worshiping him, that's magnifying him, amen? And so as we do that, and as we've done, if you have any prayer requests, our prayer team will be over here to, to my left. You can feel free to walk right through here or walk around the back and go down there and pray with them. They'd be happy to join with you in faith and pray with you and agree with you and get, get any kind of resources that you might need into your hand, okay? So let's, let's stand, stand up with me and let's press in to his presence right here, right now before we leave today. Amen, amen.